Hey, hey, this is Anjali and her dad, Suresh. And this is our promo for the show. Do you enjoy Aunt Betty how she greets the show? Hey, y'all, this is Sam's Aunt Betty. Sam gives me the news in a way I can use. Do you like our interviews with the folks you need to know? And he does it without making my head explode. Every Tuesday and Friday, we'll keep doing this work, but to do it, we need your support. If you like what you hear on the show today, give to your local station in a way that pays. It was a tough year. We're in this together. We're building a community, and our stations make us better. So if you really call yourself a member of the IBAM fam, do what you do and give what you can. When I say station, you say support. Station. Support. Station. Support. And Astro, what about your support? <laughs> to get started with your donation, go to donate.npr.org slash Sam. That's donate.npr.org slash Sam. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Hey, y'all. This is Sam's Aunt Betty. This week on the show, a special holiday edition with the best and worst of the season. All right, let's start the show. Hey, y'all, from NPR, I'm Sam Sanders, and you are listening to It's Been a Minute. For those who celebrate, Merry Christmas. I am joined in this almost end-of-the-year episode by, I gotta say, two of my favorite It's Been a Minute guests. And I don't say that lightly. <laughs> Audie Cornish, host of NPR's All Things Considered, and Bob Mondello, NPR's film critic. Hi, 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 hi. Hey. Hello. Don't sound so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Pandemic video conference, boys. I know. This is is so different than I remember the last time. I know. know. Bob and I actually Mm. live, like, kind of close to each other. Yep. This is, like, pandemic Mm -hmm. life. Like, we could... We could just be doing the same conversation like in his house, which is beautiful. Or yours, which is also lovely. I, I brought yeah, Bob and Adi on to share some Christmas pop culture picks. I mean, actually, anything that they liked about Christmas. Holiday songs, holiday movies, whatever. But also, because we can, I asked them to bring a few Christmas things they hate. Before we get there, though, I got to say, one of the things that I love about Christmas, a thing I do most years is going to the movies Christmas night. But this year, that will not be happening, and it might not happen next year either. Most theaters here in the U.S. will remain closed into 2021. So I was struck when Warner Brothers announced this month that the movies they do end up releasing in theaters next year, they'll also be available at the same time to stream at home on HBO Max. So before we get to our holiday picks, I had to take a moment to ask Bob Mondello... NPR film critic, if that might change the movies for good. Does this mean that theaters as we know it might never come back? Adi, Bob. Well, they're for sure not going to come back the same way they did. It'll be relatively temporary because people are going to want to go out at some point when there's a vaccine and we can all go and and be in the same room together again. But I don't know that people are going to go back to movies quite the way that they have if those movies are also on a streaming service day and date with the day that they come out in movie theaters. I, it, it is very convenient to be at home. And I think some people will say, well, I want to see the big spectacles on a big screen. But I, I don't know that that'll work for smaller dramas or for the kind of things that win Academy Awards. And I don't know what that does to the way people decide to make movies in the future. Yeah. 
when I first heard this news as a parent with young children, I was like, yes, <laughs> an even playing field, you know? Cause like you miss everything. And yeah. it's just been, you know, I was excited. And then mm. on Amazon Prime, I watched Riz Ahmed's new movie, Sound of Metal, which mm. is yep. not a holiday film, but is no. incredible. It's about I've a heard. drummer who loses his hearing. Yeah, But immediately yeah. I thought, oh, this entire movie in which sound design is one of the more compelling aspects of it would have been fantastic in a theater. So yeah. right away yeah. the gods were like, slow your roll, theaters still have a place. <laughs> I will say what I've noticed about the difference between watching a movie in the theater and a movie at home is that in the theater, I focus. I watch mm -hmm. it. At home, I'm on my phone, I'm getting food, I'm talking to the dog, I'm checking the laundry. It is a more fulfilling experience, for me at least, in the theater. And I don't trust myself to be a good movie consumer from my couch. I'm scared of how I'll watch movies in the future. It's driving me crazy. I mean, I, ha I have not, I've been in the theater once in the last eight months, and that was to see Tenet, and they emptied the theater. I mean, it was just like, it was me and six other critics in a theater that seated over 500 people. So we had like 90 seats to ourselves, right, each of us. Oh, wow. So I felt entirely safe in it, and it was glorious to be back in a theater and to be seeing something on a big screen. It was a big old IMAX theater. I miss that a lot. And after having seen 300 movies a year for close to 30 years, I guess, doing this, it is really frustrating to have seen one yeah. movie in a theater this year. So, Bob, for 2021, will movies still make it? Yes or no? Please tell me yes. Yes, of course they're going to make it. They're gonna, okay. In, in the short term, there are definitely going to be movies, and they may not be as profitable for a variety of people as they have been, but there's going to be something out there because we all need something to see, and it's a business that is one of the biggest exports that the United States has, that U.S. culture has. Yeah. I'm looking ahead to the ways the pandemic will change some of our entertainments, and will this become another premium experience? Mm. So you can watch the movie at home, which is fine. But will you pay $35 a ticket and be in a theater in reclining seats that are a few more feet apart? Maybe they serve drinks. Like, I, I don't know, you know. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. what, like, let's face it, the Avengers franchise is all about, right? It was creating an experience so big that you, that had you to wouldn't go try. In. Yeah, you couldn't just try and watch it at home. And so... I don't think it goes away, but like restaurants, there's going to be a shift in how that's presented yeah. and what the ticket price is. Yeah. 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 Well, we might not know how that shakes out yet, but we do know that the two of you are here to talk about artifacts of Christmas popular culture that you love and hate. I want to hear one you like, one you don't like. Bob, you can go first. I'm hoping one is a movie. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to choose one. Um, I, I understand Audie might. Mm. I, Ominous. <laughs> I picked, for my thing that I just love and that means Christmas to me, I, I picked Nat King Cole, Chestnuts okay. Roasting on an Oakland Fire. A I can't hear that without just sort of melting. Mm. It means Christmas to me. I associate it with my mom and my dad and our living room and sitting there on Christmas mornings. And we had that album and the Neck and Cold Christmas album and, and mom would put it on first thing in the morning. It got us up. It was, it means the world to me. Yuletide cows, 
Being sung by that song is so good, it makes me think that I like chestnuts. But chestnuts are nasty. <laughs> <laughs> They're nasty. So that is a great one to like. Mm-hmm. Give me a Christmas pick that you don't like. All right, now you're just going to think I'm a curmudgeon, though, and I, I'm a little self-conscious about this, but I can't stand carolers. Oh, my goodness. It drives me crazy when they come to the house. And I tell you, I've got a very specific reason for not liking it. It's not that they don't sing well. They frequently sing Some of them don't sing well, lovely. sir. Well, that's fine. I, I, and I don't really mind people who don't sing well. I, but as an audience member, I am used to sitting in the dark. I am used to not being visible <laughs> to the performer. And when carolers come to your house, you're stuck. Yeah, and, and they always and sing more than one song. Well, they always sing 12 Days of Christmas. It's got all those <laughs> verses. It drives me crazy. I go, oh, my gosh, I can't stand it. Um, there's another option I'll throw out to you, gentlemen, which is that you mm-hmm. sing along. You no. don't just stand there like you're, you know, the one no. person who doesn't care about a cabaret. Like, you get into it, you know? <laughs> yep. I mean, that's like, ugh, I'm actually offended at this. Have you caroled, Audie? <laughs> I have because I okay. grew up in a church in which these are the kinds of activities that you did. We uh-huh. did a live nativity at one point that involved nice. standing outside in the cold Wait, forever. please tell me you were baby <laughs> Jesus. I was probably like sheep number four. I mean, it was still <laughs> New England. Anyway, the point is, I don't mind carolers. Right. I think it's quite sweet. I mean, I can. I think it's hilarious that people who will be like, Halloween or die, or like, carolers, yuck. It's like, what? It's still, at least these people are giving you something, right? They're not are coming they just to mooch something? off of you like all these little uh, kids. Let me tell you my thing. <laughs> theory of carolers when I think oh about boy. it compared to trick-or-treaters. With the Should trick-or-treater, we play some like BoJack music here? Is this going to be a rant? <laughs> it's going to be a rant. With trick-or-treaters, you can just not answer the door. Our family was a household growing up. Halloween night, we either went to church yep. or turned off all the lights in the front of the house and ignored everybody. So you can mm-hmm. easily ignore uh, trick-or-treater. But these carolers, they come and they're ready for blood. They're not leaving. <laughs> they're going to stay. They're going to sing. And you got to just sit there. Okay, the only person I want coming to my front door to carol is Mariah Carey. Everybody else, <laughs> sit it down. Okay, Bob, yeah. we got your two picks. I'm with you on both. Well, thank you. Coming up, Audie Cornish tells me what she likes and maybe also kind of hates about holiday culture. Stay with us. Let's be honest. This year has been hard. From COVID-19 to the presidential election, so much of our energy is spent just getting through the day. Join us for a new season of the StoryCorps podcast from NPR to hear conversations from people who have faced challenges, come out on the other side, and learn some meaningful lessons along the way. Adi, what you got? I think it's not an accident that Bob, the movie guy, chose music, and I also am bringing music, because in this in this year of our Lord, 2020, which has yes. many trials and tribulations, <laughs> we're reaching for some comfort. Yes. Uh, and so I have two songs. One is the song that I wait for every Christmas. I'm just like, what's my excuse to start playing this song? It is Christmas Rapping. Um, which was recorded by the Waitresses, New Wave Band, in the early 80s, I think like 82. It's giving me slight Blondie vibes. Exactly. 
I approve. I was reading the Wikipedia, and the songwriter, who's named Chris Butler, said the lyrics came from his hatred of Christmas. Quote, everybody I knew in New York was running around like a bunch of fiends. It wasn't about joy. It was about something to cope with. Um, and the plot of it is a single woman who's been turning mm-hmm. down all the Christmas invites because she's like, you know, I think I'm going to miss this one this year, which is one of the best parts of the song. And then uh, she she meets a man at a ski shop, as one is wont to do. Mm-hmm. But And she gets his number, but she never asks him out. And then oh. she explains, you know, how she's not going to be involved in Christmas, and she's making herself the world's smallest turkey. That's a quote. And then she realizes she's forgotten cranberries, and she goes out to buy them, huh. and the man from the ski shop is there. Oh. And she couldn't miss this one. It's a whole, it's, I want the rom-com of this song. I like yes. that a lot. And then Run DMC, Christmas and Hollis is amazing. I won't get too deep into that one, but it involves seeing a man chilling with his dog in the park who has a dog. But, oh God, it was an ill reindeer. It's like a whole story about meeting a dude who may or may not be Santa. You know what I love about this song and this era of rap? The guys enunciate. I can tell every word they're saying. Something you sound like an this. old uncle. You're like, sure this hippity hop is hard to hear. Let me tell you something. The last few years with the mumble rap and the SoundCloud rap, oh, I respect no, them don't as be artists, but I cannot tell what they're saying half the time. Run DMC, all the words. I get it. Thank you. What do you hate? I hate the dialogue around love, actually. <laughs> don't at me, Sam Sanders. Okay? Let me just say, <laughs> I don't think Love Actually is a good movie, and I don't think it holds up. I think a lot of it it's... in... Hope is problematic. That movie, in some instances, is almost Me Too-ish. And uh, it ain't great. Okay, I am let's... so delighted to say I don't remember it. What? <laughs> that is, that is 2,000 movies ago. Critic. I don't remember it. That's fair. For you, it is 2,000. But to me, Love Actually mm. is one of the best specimens of a certain genre of movie, which is mm. the vignette film. Mm. Too many people, too many plots. Yes, exactly. A bunch, yeah. And a bunch of these have happened since. They're all really terrible. This one is the good one. Um, first of all, it has Hugh Grant and Colin Firth. So blow your mind, right? Like, you don't need both. <laughs> Both of them in a film. We've, we've been there before. We know how intense that can be. And there they are. Kira Knightley, why? She's British. It's just like another character to be in there. She's dating Chiwetel Ejiofor. Why? They have no chemistry. But it's fantastic. Like, this is just a cavalcade of amazing people doing problematic things. But oh, not yeah. so problematic that you have to, like, cancel everything. Yeah, just- but even the kid at the end chasing the girl he likes through the airport. Sir, okay, you cannot do that. First of all, all romance has to have a run through the airport because the stakes are quite high. Let me tell it you. It involves the airport. Anyone who is into me, if you start chasing me, I'm calling the police. Okay. Don't do it. You don't, you don't know what love is. This is what I it sure sounds don't. like when doves cry. <laughs> I'll never be in love. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Is this how to get away with murder? Because I just spoke some law. (laughs) I will say it's going to be hard to go back and watch Hugh Grant in Love Actually after seeing Hugh Grant in HBO's The Undoing. Oh, no, Mm. it's going to make it better. Like a wine. (laughs) (laughs) It will enrich the experience. Because wasn't he always a little too charming? Uh Uh-huh. 
it is. It's a totally different film now. What if there's a cinematic universe <laughs> centered around Hugh Grant, of which both Love Actually and HBO's The Undoing are a part? And we've been watching Hugh Grant be the same sociopath for decades now. Obviously, anybody who has par- watched his catalog, Bridget Jones, that guy is not a good guy. Okay? So, That's fair. Yes. Even in Morris. Exactly. Remember Morris? He wasn't a good guy. Yeah. I, mean, you know. yeah. I only have one pick for my Christmas pop culture recommendations. And it is a Christmas song by James Brown called Santa yes. Claus Go Straight to the Ghetto. Yes. It's a It classic. is just the cutest. It's the cutest. Play a little bit for us, Anjali. Santa Claus, go straight to the ghetto. So the first thing that I love about this song is that it just gets right to the point. There is no setup. (laughs) There is no exposition. From the start, he's saying, Santa, come to the ghetto. Go straight to the ghetto. It makes me realize that I would love every Christmas song that ever existed to be played with James Brown's backing band. That little James yeah. Brown shuffle, it would make every Christmas song sound ten times better. Imagine. There's no Christmas song that really can't be helped with a little a little brass action. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like, in hindsight, James Brown and his life and his relationships with women are kind of problematic. In hindsight, calling anything the ghetto these days is kind of problematic. But I give this song a pass because it's so heartwarming, and I just like it. Yeah, I don't think you have to give it a pass. I mean, it's yeah, a time yeah. capsule, right? Certain yeah. certain songs, certain kinds of music, certain performers just tell you everything you need to know about the moment in which they're creating the thing they're creating. Yeah. And if you think about what was going on politically, economically at that time, yeah, he's like, you know, <laughs> where you need to bring that sleigh? And yeah. we're in a year mm-hmm. like that now. You know, I appreciate <laughs> any, any music right now that, that speaks to the moment in the most direct way possible. Yeah, yeah. Bob, your thoughts? In hindsight, we're going to be looking at this year, and uh, God knows what we're going to come out this with. This year was the ghetto. <laughs> so, yeah. Santa, come to all of us this year. All right, coming up, more holiday cheer with Bob and Audie. We'll play a special Christmas movie edition of my favorite game, Who Said That? Hey, this is Janae. I'm a producer on It's Been a Minute. If you like what you're listening to, you can support the show and NPR by giving to your local station. Give at donate.npr.org slash Sam. That's donate.npr.org slash Sam. And even though I'm inside, I open the window so it sounds like I'm somewhere. I think it just sounds like wind. Okay, back to the show. All right. It is time to play my favorite game, Who Said That? Ooh, Who said that? Who said that? Because it's our Christmas pop culture episode, we're only doing Christmas quotes from I'm Christmas still films. I'm really bad at this game. All right. <laughs> really bad at this game. <laughs> um, this first one is perhaps one of the newest entries in the Christmas film canon. It's been buzzy on the internet uh, this December. Here's the quote. He has a secret recipe that's going to change the world. It's a new short film that is a promotional film partnering Lifetime with what fast food chain? 
Oh, wow. Shall I answer? Is there a buzzer or something? Just yell it out. This is a reference to a one Mr. Mario Lopez. Yes. In a Lifetime film sponsored by KFC. Yes. In which he plays Colonel Sanders. Yes. I you thought I made that, for that I thought oh I made that God. up. I thought it was, Bob, it was all this? a dream. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Somebody sent me that this morning, uh, uh, the short film. It's like 15 minutes. The film is 15 minutes. It's right. called A Recipe for Seduction. A Lifetime original mini movie. You don't answer So in the trailer for the movie, a young heiress falls for the new family chef, Harlan Sanders. I think I'm falling for the new chef. Oh. <laughs> Who the hell are you? Harlan Sanders, the new chef. Played by none other than Mario Lopez of Saved by the Bell fame. We all have our secrets. We all have our secrets. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Adi, you got that point. Nice. The next is from a classic, classic Christmas film. But that probably won't help me. <laughs> Bob, you can do this. <laughs> Here it is. So if your air conditioner goes on the fritz, or your washing machine blows up, or your video recorder conks out, before you call the repairman, turn on all the lights, check all the closets and cupboards, look under the beds, because you never can tell. There just might be a blank in your house. Gremlin? Yeah! Oh, oh. Well played, well played. <laughs> People forget <laughs> Gremlins is a Christmas film. It is definitely a Christmas film. And sold a lot of toys that Christmas. So in this film, Randall Peltzer mm-hmm. is the character who says the quote. He buys his son Billy mm-hmm. a mogwai as a pet. And these are the little gremlins. Number one, he hates bright lights. We know that. But you've got to keep him out of the sunlight. And there are these rules about caretaking the mogwai, two, one of which is you can't get him wet. And whatever you do, don't give him a bath. Get them wet, they become monsters. Do not do that. Hilarity ensues. I just love it. I love that. I love the like <laughs> seductress gremlin with the big lips and the red lipstick. I remember her. <laughs> that was funny. It's like thinking about the Smurfs, like Smurfette. It's like, well, there's one lady version. <laughs> All right, Bob, you got that one. Okay, last quote. This is a great one. Okay. Pork belly prices have been dropping all morning, which means that everybody is waiting for it to hit rock bottom so they can buy low. Which means that the people who own the pork belly contracts are saying, hey, we're losing all our damn money and Christmas is around the corner and I ain't going to have no money to buy my son the G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip. And my wife ain't going to F. My wife ain't going to make love to me if I got no money. <laughs> what film? This is a holiday film? It's an Eddie Murphy film. I was just going to ask if it's Eddie Murphy. Come on. Come what, on. What was that called? The one where they do stock market stuff. Come on. I can see it. I just can't remember the title. <laughs> one of you just Google it. Seriously. A Scroogey thing? Tra- trading. Oh, Trading Places. Yes. Trading. Yes. They were they were trading money. Yes, of course. Got it. So that quote comes from Eddie Murphy playing the character Billy Ray Valentine in the classic 1983 film Trading Places. The movie's all about this high-class commodities broker played by Dan Aykroyd and this poor street hustler played by Eddie Murphy who become part of a bet where they switch places and see how they do. It's a good film full of so many great one-liners. Yeah, you know, it occurs to me that the best way you hurt rich people is by turning them into poor people. Go watch it. And, and you don't need to know what commodities are to enjoy it. <laughs> 
Yeah. Exactly. And they are exactly. definitely going to revoke my critic's standing for not knowing that. I can't believe I couldn't come up with a title. <sighs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I will say... It looks like, feels like, and confirm this for me, team. I think Adi swept the game. No. Wait, I said Bob Gremlin. got Gremlins for sure. All right. How soon they forget. Now I don't feel bad about forgetting a movie that's 30 years old. Bob- <laughs> now I don't feel bad at all. <laughs> and I will say I gave Adi some help to get that last point. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I don't even really want the point. It feels dirty. Wow. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> Moral compass. <laughs> well... <laughs> On that note, who won who said that? The listeners won who said that. Because they got they to did. hear the two they of did. you. Because they were probably screaming fun. at the radio telling us <laughs> what the answers were because they're very obvious. I love it. Well, we see you. Adi, Bob, this has been a delight. Adi Cornish, host of NPR's All Things Considered and the new podcast, Consider This. And Bob Mondello, uh, NPR's longtime, well loved film critic. Thank you both uh-huh. for being here. I am going to go uh, break down this home studio and sit by the front door, hoping that Mariah Carey comes to sing some Christmas carols. <laughs> I think I think if I just oh. keep saying that is my desire for the holidays. Yeah, yeah. I think she's coming to my house. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Right. Wow. I'm pretty sure. Wow. Because I love caroling so much. Uh, well, now I know how I'm going to spend Christmas Eve. Knocking on doors. <laughs> by that, I just mean one, Mr. Bob Mandela. Uh-huh. If you sing to me, it'll all be worth it. Oh. oh, I'm terrible at singing though, so I'll be Perfect. doing Christmas rapping. Hey! <laughs> I love it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> Thank you both so much. Happy, happy holidays. Happy, happy holidays. holidays. All right, listeners, this week, It's Been a Minute was produced by Anjali Sastry, Janae West, Andrea Gutierrez, and Star McCowan. Our fearless editor is Jordana Hochman. Our director of programming is Steve Nelson. Our big boss is NPR's senior VP of programming, Anya Grunman. Listeners, happy holiday weekend. Whatever you're doing this weekend, have fun and stay safe. Till next time, I'm Sam Sanders. We'll talk soon.